Welcome to the European Social Network podcast series. Listen to the stories and the voices from frontline social services across Europe. How are social services managing the challenges brought by the COVID-19 pandemic? Or how are they supporting people to handle the cost of living crisis? How are social services attracting people into the profession or promoting innovation to ensure access to quality social services? These are just some snapshots of topics we are going to discuss in this podcast series. Welcome to the third episode of the European Social Network podcast. I'm Alfonso uh, Lara Montero, CEO of the European Social Network. For those of you who do not know who we are, the European Social Network, or ESN, is a growing community of more than 170 organizations with responsibility for social services in 34 countries. We provide an international platform for exchange, and we aim to empower professionals and those who use uh, social services. If you want to learn more about our work, feel free to check our website at esn-eu.org. The idea behind this podcast series is to bring stories of social services to the surface and to empower social services and the incredible work that practitioners in this area do to improve people's lives. Today, the focus of our conversation is connected to the theme of our annual conference this year which is the role of technology in advancing social services and promoting autonomy and inclusion. From the 14th to the 16th of June in Malmo, Sweden, social services professionals from across Europe and beyond will gather to discuss a practice around innovation in social services through technology and IT developments for accessibility and inclusion among other uh, important key issues in this 31st uh, European Social Services Conference. Today, we've invited two speakers from the conference to share their thoughts on a key area uh, of social services uh, improvement, which is their transformation through uh, digital development. This will be a key theme covered during the three days of the conference. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Ana Millan Huerta, who is Head of Digital Transformation at the Social Services Institute in Barcelona City Council in Spain. And uh, Geoff Mogan, who is Professor of Collective Intelligence and Public Policy and Social Innovation at University College London in England. Anna, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, lovely, lovely to have you with us. Geoff, the same to you. Welcome and thank you for joining us. How are you? Uh, very good, thank you. Let's dive into the topic then. Geoff, can you tell us about your experience uh, in working with and advising European institutions and governments around the world on the transformation of public policy through technology and uh, digital developments? Could you share maybe some examples of how this may uh, translate into the digital transformation of social services? Well, we, we swim in a digital sea now. Half <laughs> Many hours a day, most of us are on a a phone, on the internet, yeah, engaging in data. So almost every aspect of pretty much every job has been affected by digital. And obviously that affects all social services. Um, but there's many, many different ways that's happened. That may simply be that if you're a social worker visiting a family, you use your, uh, your mobile phone to uh, collect your notes and maybe an AI then make sense of the case notes of, of many social workers. It can be the use of data to spot new patterns. 
it can be predictive algorithms which are beginning to be used in relation to child risk, for example, though sometimes with problems. It may be the use of platforms to bring people together to solve problems. And this is happening all over the world where you can connect against social workers or doctors or teachers to share ideas, share problems and so forth. I still think overall, the social services world has lagged well behind uh, other parts of government, particularly the military who've, uh, who've used uh, technologies and spent far much, much more on technologies over the years. And businesses, the biggest businesses in the world today are ones like Meta and Google and, uh, and Amazon. And they, as a matter of course, you know, use digital for everything from um, managing logistics to understanding customer demand and running experiments. And I think one of the questions we need to face is how can the social services world be more strategic in ensuring the technologies actually meet our needs, as it were, to avoid some of the problems, and we may talk later about many of the problematic uses, particularly of AI, or the abuses of data, and how to avoid those, and crucially to how to skill up our frontline workers so they can make the most, not just of the past technologies like, say, smartphones uh, and so on, but also the emergent ones like GPT-4 and ChatGPT, which may have a big, big effect on daily practice in the near future. Anna, I understand that your role has been recently set up in Barcelona to ensure that you coordinate the digital transformation of social services in the city. How has this digital transformation uh, in Barcelona changed the way social services are structured and provided in the city? Can you maybe share with us some examples of digital transformation projects that you are particularly proud of? Well... As you said, um, to talk about my role at the Social Service Institute of Barcelona City Council, I have to explain before that this institute went two years ago through an important organizational change. Barcelona's social services, as in many cities, has had in last years a sustained growth in demand, which was greatly increased with the arrival of the pandemic. And this strong demand implied the creation of new services and resources that made the revision of the structure and dimensioning of the Institute very necessary. And as a result of this organizational change and taking into consideration that technologies are a fundamental pillar for the provision and improvement of services, a new unit of digital transformation project was created, which I have the great honor to lead. In our unit, in collaboration with the Municipal Institute of Information Technology, we plan and define the information system strategy. And we are working to promote a new culture of developing technological projects based on agile methodologies and user experience, which facilitate transformation and continuous improvement of the services and ensures the involvement of, the, of those service managers in this transformation. And talking about digital transformation strategy, we focus on these five areas that backbone our projects. The first one is to improve accessibility and efficiency of public services. 
The second one is reducing bureaucracy in social service centers. The third one is to promote communication between citizens and the city hall. And the fourth one is to achieve greater cooperation and coordination with other public administration and collaborating entities for the development of communication gateways to allow interoperation and facilitate the coordination between the agents that are involved in the care of a particular person or family. And last but not least, the fifth area is to improve data collection and analysis to facilitate decision-making. And thinking of digital transformation projects, I should tell you about the definition of uh, benefit and services provision scheme, which aims to, to improve and simplify the processing of benefits and service and it's based on, on three of the areas I mentioned before, the improvement of the efficiency, the reducing bureaucracy, and a greater collaboration and coordination with other entities. In this project, the strategy that we follow is to apply critical analysis of processes to define a common circuit for consulting and validating user data to assess the need to prescribe benefits and services. And this has materialized in a tool that guides professionals, social workers, to the key aspects to be analyzed in each case. And it also makes data collection easier and more effective because data is registered when needed during assistance. And it also saves the status of the moment, the data that proves the exact situation that the customer was going through when the service or benefit was requested. After the revision, the system leads them to the data or paperwork that needs to be completed to prescribe the benefit of service, or if available, it activates a web link to proceed. And also, formulas for calculating the economic capacity have been defined, and these allows the establishment of criteria for vulnerability and the suitability of resources prescription in each case. And the important thing is that this can ensure homogeneity in the application of the conditions so that we can guarantee an equitable benefit and service prescription in the whole city. Thank you very much. Already we've uh, dived into specific uh, examples of digital and data programs. Now, Geoff, uh, let me ask you something. How do you think that digital transformation broadly in public uh, social services can contribute or may hinder uh, social inclusion and equal access to, uh, to social services? You referred to some of the challenges earlier on. And, and why is it important to share knowledge and best practice on this topic? I think a few years ago, there was lots of concern about the digital divide and how many people would not be able to access services because they didn't have basic internet access or couldn't afford a smartphone. And that is still a big issue in, in much of the world. Half the world is still not connected to the internet. I think it's slightly different now in, in the relatively wealthy countries of Europe. And I was very struck quite a, a long time ago doing one of ethnographic interviews with refugees and others. And many of them at that point said they would willingly go a day or two without eating food just to keep their phone 
so they can stay connected to a circle of support. And although this is still an issue for some, some older people and some people with some disabilities, usually our main problems are no longer ones of actual tech access to the hardware and the technology. They're more about access to the skills and confidence to use them. And within the system, the risk of data being, being misused. And we've had a, a series of scandals. The Netherlands, for example, had a big scandal over mispayments of welfare support because of an algorithm. Uh, a few months ago in the city of Rotterdam, there was, a, a, again, a big investigation which showed an algorithm being used by the city was based on very biased data. In my country, we had marches three years ago of teenagers against the algorithm in making exam decisions. So in a way, digital technologies, as I said earlier, just part of how almost everything is run now, how we make decisions, how we handle data, how we interact with customers, perhaps through chatbots and so on. But precisely because they are so powerful, we also have to be more careful about their unintended consequences. I'm less concerned overall now about lack of access, lack of connection, than almost the opposite problem that our social services are so uh, lacking in the capacity to make use of new technologies. So for example, again, in my country, our care homes, only a third of our care homes are already digitized at all. There's almost no collection of data, no management of data. The people working in care are not part of any horizontal platforms to share experience or knowledge, let alone to tap into the lived experience of the people they're looking after. So um, this, in a sense, is, the, is the, the fundamental problem. The budgets, the digital budgets in social services tend to be far smaller than in, let's say, tax collection or uh, fine collection and things like that, which governments tend to prioritize. So I, need, we, I think we need a big increase in investment big expansion of capacity, and then also attention to the possible malign effects, particularly around, around algorithms of them making biased or problematic decisions. Anna, let's now turn on to the workforce. Of course, the workforce is key in securing digital developments in social services um, organizations. So what uh, has been the response um, uh, in your experience from social services professionals as they undergo this uh, digital transformation. Did you face any specific challenges as a, a result of the cultural and organizational changes uh, part of this transformation, uh, of this digital transformation that you were describing earlier on? Could you maybe explain how you address these situations? Yes, in general, social care professionals have resistance to the recording of information, but we have seen there's a good adoption of everything that implies administrative simplification, reduced paperwork, and improves management. The key to success with a new system is that users can have a return of the information they complete. For example, in our prescription system, with the interoperability of economic health data, they have to enter some information of the user in the system and they become, as a return, greater information of the tax situation or the health situation of this person. So they, they are willing then to record some of the information in the system, but because they become something in return. 
And in other of our projects, the group and community care system, the evaluation of the professionals has been very positive because the system allows them to recover the data of the projects that they previously created. But not only the projects they created, but also the project any social worker in the city created, since we have a database of all projects, and this reduced the project preparation time significantly. And thinking about another of our projects with impact on professionals, I have to mention the digitizing of the, of the children's fund we addressed last year. The Children's Fund is a social imaginary aid campaign for families with dependent minors. And in this case, the electronic application forms integrated in the Barcelona's virtual office imply a reduction of the back office work of mechanization and validation of applicant data because the requests are already entered in the system by the applicants and they are validations that can be done automatically with data we already have or by means of interoperation with other entities. And in this case, the evaluation of the project by the professionals who managed the campaign was very positive because it greatly facilitated their work in a campaign that is very intensive due to the high number of requests and the obligation to comply with the resolution deadlines, which implies uh, a great workload that, that was facilitated. Let's stay with you, Anna. Finally, looking to the future, let's say the next uh, 10 years, what are the key areas of investment in terms of digital transformation for public uh, social services in Barcelona uh, City Council? How could policymakers at uh, a national or at EU level support your city's social services to be able to carry out this task? So in Barcelona, we will continue designing and, and developing the new social care system, which, um, as I said before, is based on agile methodologies. And I will highlight it integrates all tools that are required by professionals on a day-to-day -day basis and defines also a common framework for all social care services. And another major project we will have is the renovation of our aging care systems, the home care, telecare, and dependency with a user center orientation. And we also intend to consolidate the system for the management of the emergency housing and accommodation infrastructure. And we also have um, some projects connected with this improve of internal management and we are starting to implement some process robotization. And we are also identifying user cases where we can apply AI. And in short term, we will begin with uh, speech to text tools and we continue improving some of our tools that we, we already have, which is uh, assisted diagnosis based, uh, based on collective intelligence. And how could policymakers help? And I think we, beyond the city council's own uh, effort and investment, there's an, an issue in which it could be necessary to move forward. And this is the improvement of the capacity to integrate information. And it does not only imply a technological change, but the change has also to take place in the legal field. 
with the current legal framework for, for each new exchange of information type between another administration and us, we need to draw up agreements. And this is not sustainable. It implies a huge management cost and a delay that we cannot assume. Therefore, here I believe that the legislators should make an effort to facilitate the integration of data between administrations, state, regional, and local, respecting, of course, the data protection regulations, but establishing a legal framework oriented to the integration of, of data, which would make interoperation much easier. Geoff, in your opinion, what steps can national and European policymakers take uh, to support public um, social services to systematize digital innovation in social services? Uh, could you maybe support uh, your answer with uh, an example? Yeah, well, just picking up on what Anna said, this is the crucial issue, whether we can link data sets. And in some cities, this has been done where you link the data from social services, perhaps with the uh, jobs program, perhaps with uh, third sector civil society organizations. So there is a, a rounded holistic picture of an individual's needs or family needs. But that has often been attacked by privacy campaigners as the state becoming too powerful. And sometimes there are legitimate concerns. In my view, though, if we want a really effective social services for the future, we do need to do much more uh, data sharing with privacy protections. We can then use another example where I think the Asia is now well ahead of Europe is in linking data sets for predictions. So I'm working, for example, in Bangladesh with the government there, where they're trying to use multiple data sets to predict uh, jobs growth, skills growth, job destruction to help people of all ages navigate their way uh, through. In Taiwan, the government has a very sophisticated digital program, which they use through the pandemic for minimizing the effect of lockdowns. And again, that can be used to help much more targeted sort of social services work to spot people at risk and in need, rather than the very sort of standardized and often blunt policies of of the past. So I think we need a new settlement on, on data. I think we need much more experimentation with AI and algorithms because, as I said, some of them haven't worked very well, but um, it's only through experiment we will discover how to get the best capacity to spot problems and predict uh, early. And finally, again, echoing something Anna said, I think social services are behind the best of the world on peer-to-peer -peer platforms. So, for example, if you're a farmer in East Africa, there are things like We Farm, where more than a million farmers can share problems and experiences and help each other out. We don't generally have equivalent platforms linking frontline staff in our social services. So they're not really turned into a properly functioning collective intelligence, that the whole is less than the sum of its parts. So those are just a few of the things where I think progress could be made fairly quickly uh, in Europe. Thank you very much. Uh, quite a lot of food for thought here and a number of, uh, of ideas and programs uh, which uh, take us to, to the end of this episode. And of course, I'd like to thank uh, both of you, Anna and Joff, uh, for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts and experience of working on digital transformations. 
This was a preview of the important discussions we will have in Malmo on 14th to 16th of June. There are more than 600 delegates from more than 30 countries already registered. If you haven't done it yet, go to essc-eu.org and join them. To our listeners, you will find information about the program and registration for the conference by following the link in the podcast description. And our audience, thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you in Malmo and stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>